When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS by my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And in the house today, we got Norm Nixon, a guy that, uh, and I always say, this is one guy, this is that, this guy is this, this guy is that. But truly, truly, this is the guy that really helped me uh, become a professional basketball player. Because when I got with the Lakers, I was just a guy out of New Mexico. It was Norm, Jamal Wilkes, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And they were a very good basketball team then. And then you throw in Kenny Carr and Lou Hudson and Juan Boone and some of those guys. But that was the core of the team. So when I got with the Lakers, I was very excited to be drafted by them. But let me give out some stats for Norm real quick. Not going to give them out because there's too many. But some of his highlights, he's a two-time NBA champion, a two-time NBA All-Star, 82-85, NBA All-Rookie first team in 1978. His jersey was retired by Duquesne. I ain't never had a jersey retired except for him. Well, they don't even have it here in my house, so I don't get that retired at all. <laughs> he had 12,065 points, career points, 6,386 assists, and 1,187 steals. And before steals were popular, as popular as they are today, Norm Nixon was one of the best. We welcome Norm Nixon to the Showtime with Coop podcast. Sir, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing just lovely, Coop, man. You, you got me over here to tears, man. I know I, I, I influenced you like that. <laughs> well, you did, Norm, seriously, because you're the one that taught me how to play the game and how to be a pro when I first got with the Lakers. And although I got hurt my first year, you're always in my ear, giving me this, giving me that. And you know what, Norm, one thing I think about a lot, and obviously we know how great and, and magic was when he got with the Lakers in 1980. But I, I sometimes tell friends on the street, I wonder, could Norm and Coop, because had I not been injured, we'd have probably had a year together with Kareem and Jamal. I mean, with, yeah, Kareem and Jamal. I wonder what would the Lakers have been as dominating well, uh, you, you can't ever take away Matt's impact. I don't think it's dominating, but we got a taste of what we could do when he was hurt uh, the year we lost, when you and I started together for about 23 games, and we actually uh, played extremely well together. You can't take away. I tell people all the time, uh, Magic and I together were arguably, you know, the best backcourt in the league. And then when they throw you in there, the three of us together, probably was one of the best trios to ever play the game because I thought we could do everything. You and I could pick, keep up full court. You and Magic could rebound. Magic and I passed the basketball. You know, your defense was on a level like no other guards. You know, so I think the three of us, the combination, man, that was like one of the coldest three guards to ever play together. We could do it all. We knew every position. For sure. You played two, three, four. Magic played two, three, four. 
I knew one, two, but I knew everybody's role, what they were supposed to do. So we could change up, we could flip at the drop of a hat. So it was like really exciting. You know, I, I'm very excited about to talk a little bit more about the Lakers, but let's jump back a little bit because as I do my homework for these podcasts and I start looking up people, uh, Nick, you're impressive in high school, man. You uh, won a state title, 6'5", and uh, jumping in the high jump. Yeah. Making Georgia. Uh, you were all everything. Uh, you even had a free agent tryout with Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cowboys. Tell well, us about your high school I, I'll years. just correct one thing. I, I won the region in the high jump at 6'5". You know, oh, okay. when I got to the state, those boys were drinking, jumping seven feet. You couldn't just run and jump over it like we were doing. <laughs> so so somebody's lying on your stats then. <laughs> you know, I'll let it stay there. But uh, we did win the state in track, though. We won the state. You know, And you ran the 440, too, right? I was on the 440, 4x1, uh, and then the 4x4 four four relay team, so... We won the state in that. Then I was all city in football and, of course, in basketball. And we won the state in basketball. So I had, I had a fun fun uh, college career. But, Coop, you know, we grew up. You did everything. You didn't just yeah. play. I mean, in Georgia, we did everything. We played baseball, football, basketball. That's why sometimes I had a problem with this AAU because they specialize so much the kids don't get to play other sports. And for sure, my football helped my basketball and my basketball helped my football. And, um, you know, there's this old saying that goes, give it to Mikey, he eats anything. Remember that commercial? Yeah, oh, totally. Mikey, he eats anything. Uh, our team, give it to Mikey. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Well, the <laughs> thing with you is give it to Norm because he does everything. Is that <laughs> safe to say that? Well, you know, look, he tried to be a renaissance man. You know, when you come <laughs> up, the definition of educated man was a renaissance man. Little, knew a little bit about music, arts, sports, you know. History, and, all those and things. And you were getting it done in the classroom too, because you were uh, president of the of what class? Of, of my senior class in high school. In high yeah. school, yeah. God damn, Norm Nixon! I knew there was some <laughs> special stuff about you, man. Uh, you finished up in high school at Southwest, and you find yourself at Duquesne. How did you find yourself there? Well, you know, at that time there weren't that many African Americans in uh, the SEC, so I was recruited heavily by some SEC schools in both football and basketball, and. Uh, I visited Duquesne and I went up and I, and, you know, Duquesne that time was an independent school. You know, we played Notre Dame, we played all the big schools and uh, I just had such a good time, you know, and I wanted to get out of the South to try something different. So I went there and, uh, you know, it it was just a great experience. Um, You were always known for that, that patented jump shot when you got with the Lakers. Was that being developed in high school and at Duquesne? Totally, totally. I told someone, you know, my my transformation, I think, um, when I realized I could play my junior year, uh, coming into my junior year, there was another guy that was a star. He had started two years as well, but he was going to be a senior. I was going to be a junior. Duquesne team, he was, you know, was me and this guy, Roland Jones, great player, could score 6'5", strong. And the night before the first game, uh, he broke his foot. And so I was, I couldn't sleep, man. I'm laying there going, what am I going to do now? In my first game, I had an incredible game, like 38 points, but I was so tired, Coop. And you know my game. I tried to play defense, score, pass. I tried to affect the game in a lot of ways. And I just laid in the bed and said, this is going to be too hard for me. But that year, I learned how to score 20 points and keep my teammates involved. So my senior year, when I walked out on the court at Duquesne, I knew I was going to get 20-plus points and a bunch of assists because I just had adapted and figured it out. How come you gave up football? Well, you know, I was recruited, you know, I went into University of Georgia locker room and um, 
the big lineman walked in there and I looked at those big guys and I said, you know, I think I'm going to wait till the basketball season. <laughs> Smart man. He was trying to get me to sign before uh, basketball season was over. So I backed off. We have some young, young kids that listen to the podcast. Uh, you being an excellent student athlete, uh, going on your double major, uh, talk to them about what it took for you to stay, to get it done in the classroom so you can get it done on the court. And then when you retire, to be getting it done in the, in the uh, corporate world today. Well, I, I just said, you know, in school, I had two jobs to be a student athlete, you know, because uh, there was no guarantee about sports, you know, coming from a small town, playing at a small school, you never know how this thing was going to turn out. So I was always one to try to prepare for plan B and plan B for me was to get my degrees to make sure uh, if I didn't play professional sport, I had something to fall back on and some fall back on and have some kind of direction. Uh, fortunately for me, I did have the skills to, to, to play um, to play basketball. But I, I always tell kids, and I won't name his name, I knew a free agent once, um, signed, a, signed a big contract, went out and played ball that night and tore his knee up. They snatched that contract off the table so fast. And that's when it makes you realize this is a business you better be prepared, be prepared because it could end at any moment. And then as an agent, I used to tell players, you know, you prepare for retirement day one because this thing could be over so fast. And, you know, we make a lot of money fast and not very much money in our careers. So you have to try to pound that into young guys. And as far as uh, young kids is going out trying to get in the corporate world, like my son, I was having this discussion, you know, and he's always telling my dad, you know, you always want degrees and education, education. I was like, yeah, education was a way for us to, uh, to kind of get out a lot of times during my era. But I say education doesn't necessarily mean degrees. It means whatever you choose to do, make sure you understand that business, you research that business, you're educated about that business. So education takes many forms. It's not just a book degree. It's experiences in life. It's being prepared and, and uh, getting yourself ready to have the best possible chance to succeed in whatever field you choose. See why I, I got up under that guy's wings. Norm is, I'm, I'm telling you, he's a spectacular player. He's very, very special. I love this guy to death. We still have a special relationship. But um, Norm, so you finish at Duquesne, have a great season. You get drafted by the Lakers. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action at exclusive partner betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 to get your 50% bonus. That's 50% extra cash at sign up with code CLNS50. Get insights into all the NBA action across the season, plus all sports professions, collegiate as well as pop culture, and even reality television wagering. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the fun, in-season action at BetOnline. Don't forget to use my special Michael Cooper promo code of CLNS50 to get a 50% sign-up bonus with your first deposit. Bet online today at betonline.ag, your online sports book expert. Norm, so you finish at Duquesne, have a great season. You get drafted by the Lakers. Jerry West uh, is the head coach. Did you think you were going to get drafted by the Lakers, or were you hoping, or where were you thinking you were going to go? Well, I thought I was going to get drafted by Boston because my junior year, going into my senior year, Red Albrecht used to have a camp up at Boston every summer where he brought his rookies in, and you have college players work the camp. And at night, you know, the college players play, and then his rookie practice. So I went up my junior year, and we played. I played in the college league, but he took me out of, out of the college league and put me in there with his rookies. 
So I scrimmaged with the rookies when they had that open scrimmage for the public. And every player, every fan walked out and said, hey, man, you're going to make this team. You're going to make this team. And I was still a junior in college. I wasn't even one of his draft picks. So I really thought uh, Boston or New York, someone on the East Coast was going to draft me because, you know, we weren't on television. So those guys <laughs> had the opportunity to uh, see me play. So there was no way in the world that I thought I was going to get drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers because I was sitting there going, I got drafted. You know, I'm from Georgia. I said, that's the farthest place in the world I could get drafted to. So my parents wouldn't be able to see me play, my mom and all of them, because I was so far away. So technically, I really didn't want to come this far. But then, you know, I came out, you know, the rest is kind of history. Got out here, loved it, and, uh, you know, it turned out well for me. What did you know about the Lakers when you were drafted? Well, so, well, a couple of things, but it's so interesting. You know, growing up in Georgia, we really didn't see that much NBA. And, you know, we're a little older than you. You had ABC, you know, CBS and uh, NBC. That was it. It was no cable, none of that stuff. <laughs> no and Netflix. Our, <laughs> yeah, our television, our television package back in the day would be seven, eight national games and maybe 20 or something regional games. So no one got to see us play. You know what I mean? So it was just a, it was a, it was a whole different era back there in, in television and stuff. You know. Nick, you know what? So you get to the Lakers, all of a sudden they draft magic, things start happening, and we started kicking ass. And the first ass we kicked that really uh, resonates with me is the Seattle Supersonics. Because remember, they had won a championship in 79. Yeah. And they had Gus Johnson, uh, late, great Dennis Johnson, Gus Williams, I'm sorry, Gus Williams, Dennis Johnson, Sigma. Uh, what are some of your best memories of that season on our way to win oh, the championship? You know, for me, it was great to get a lot of help because remember, I was playing against those guys. I had Lou Huss and Ron Boone, and those guys were in the twilight of their careers. So Gus and DJ, man, they were killing us, man. You know, <laughs> and then people would say, you and Gus. I'm like, look, I can get miles. I can't guard Gus and DJ. And I need some help. And so when you guys came and we finally started spanking them, man, it was just so good for me, you know, to go up there and get on Gus and DJ because they put us out of the playoffs, I think, my first two years. Yeah. We couldn't do nothing with them. They killed us on the boards. You know, Gus and DJ just killing us. You know, they were guard-oriented guard, guard offense. So, you know, Gus ran off all these picks. DJ killing us. They getting every rebound. Then, you know, when I had my boys in there, it was like, okay, now, let me see you. I got, I got a couple of cats that can ball with me. Let's 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 go now. Because, you know, they had Freddie Brown, too. So it was like kind of us three against those three guys. It's like, okay, I got some partners that can ball now. Let's see what you're going to do. And, you know, we had all kinds of attitude when we were young. So, Nick, yeah. we ended up beating them in the Western Conference Finals. And we see ourselves against the 76ers. And you know, I always tell everybody about this story about Kareem getting hurt and we're going into that last game, that, that sixth game, and, and Magic gets up and says what he says and he does what he does. Uh, what were your thoughts about that, that final championship game going into the well, game? Did you think we could I win? Knew, well, I knew we had a shot, and I knew we had to win, Coop, because, I mean, I keep remembering, that's when I tore my finger up. I don't know if you yeah. remember that game yeah. five because I played with the um, – kind of like a cast on my left hand in that game. So I played one-handed. And basically, I wouldn't have had surgery right after we won. So if we had gone to a game six, I might not have been able to play as well. So for me, in my mind, I'm like, man, we got to get this. We got to run these guys out of the gym. Because at that particular time without Kareem, you know, we figured we could sneak one. Now, if we had to beat them four out of seven with that team, it might have been a different story. But we had one game. So, you know, it was like, 
come on, man, let's get this one. Let's get this one and get this thing over with. And, you know, we were the kind of guys, man, we didn't play all this, let's lay back. You know, we put our foot on people, you know, and it was like, if we got you down 10, we want to get you down 20. We weren't going to relax. We're going to keep running. And no matter how tired we got, we sat on the side. They almost ready to break. Let's just keep it going for maybe maybe they'll break before we break. <laughs> but that was an incredible series, man. What was it? What was it like being the Lakers at that point in time? Because you had so you had Jack Kent Cook sold the Lakers to Jack Dr. Dre Boss in nineteen seventy nine. Then of course Magic and Coop come and Pat Riley come. Like what was that like to be a part of that changing of that whole organization and the showtime? Like you were there at the beginning. Well, you know, for us, it wasn't it wasn't a chain organization because we weren't part of all those losses to the Celtics and stuff. You know, we were always like, hey, this is our generation. This is what we're going to do. You know, for me, like I say, the third year to have to have Coop, Magic, Jim Jones came that year and to finally get out there and start winning, uh, winning championships. I mean, that's what it's about. I look back sometimes and uh, I didn't really realize how young we were, you know, and when we won in 1980, I was 24 years old. Yeah. Coop was probably 23. Magic was 23. Philip was probably 26. Kareem was our veteran guy. So we were like a young team that were out there putting it down and winning championships. So it wasn't like, you know, in our era, when you came out and you was a first or second round pick, it wasn't like, okay, we're going to sit you down and wait for three years so you know how to play. You had to come in and you had to play. Exactly. We were young. So we were going up against veteran guys at a young age and, you know, putting it on them. So, Nick, we win in championships. We win in 82, 80, maybe win in 80, we lose 81, win in 82. 83 comes, was another tough season. And I, 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 we've talked about this many times. Of those, those four or five years, what team do you think was our best team? Our best team that, that you've been with on that team? I think the, the best team that we, my, the best team that I think is when we won in 82, man, because we mm-hmm. swept everybody. And I think we were on our way to sweep in Philadelphia. And, you know, we got a few bad calls over there in Philly and everybody kind of relaxed. And I can, I can always remember being like, come on, man, let's try to get in this game. Because I think we won game one, they won game two or something like that. It went like maybe six games. But our mind was to sweep everybody. So I think that team, because of our maturity, we all had played together for, you know, three or four, you know, 82, 83 and 84 for like three years. So I think we were pretty secure with who we were and what we could do. So I thought that team, that team was an incredible team. And the speed at that time, the way yeah. we knew how each other's move, you know, we had the alley-oop to you. I mean, we had so many exciting things that we did on the court. And um, I think my the 82 team was the best one that I played with. You know, Norm, uh, people always ask me all the time, you know, you guys were winning championships and you were doing this and that. And me being married along with a couple of other guys. And I want to ask you this. What was the nightlife like for a single guy in Los Angeles? I mean, you know, you had the Playboy mansion to go to. You had all the clubs. Four club. Single women. And again, knowing that you're a happily married man. But uh, can you tell us, go back to those days and well, explain to going out? When you were out your club, how many women would jump on you? Um. Uh, Oh, Coop, you know, we were like rock stars. I mean, it was the same thing as like being, being you know, I, I didn't experience that till I started hanging around with, you know, like musicians or big movie stars to see as I got older how it was. I laugh about this. Uh, I used to represent Jalen Rose, and I remember walking into the uh, a club with Jalen and Chris Webb, and it was me and Earl Curitan, and I was representing Jalen. 
and we were walking in the door, man. These girls almost knocked us down to get to those guys. And I laughed. I was at least say, excuse me. <laughs> we were laughing because we was like, that used to be us. <laughs> Nick, Nick, were they nice looking? Were they nice looking? You know, I always say Los Angeles had the most beautiful women in the world, man. The okay. most beautiful women in the world. But but then, too, like I say, you know, during the season, you know, we, we had a purpose. If you remember correctly, they were first trying to take the wives. We was like, oh, no, don't bring nobody here. We're trying to win championship. Guys need to get their rest, you know, because if you had your wife or something on a trip, she want to go shopping in the middle of the day. She want to do something. And it was like, no, these guys need to focus on playing. Whatever their routine and rhythm is, we don't need anybody to change that. And I was the main one going, no, no, let these guys be by themselves. So whatever they do to relax, let them do it because we got to win. Listen, you listen to the Showtime with Coop podcast, Insightful BS by my Laker teammates. And this one today is Norm Nixon. Norm. Uh, we're in our lightning round, okay? I'm going to ask you five names, and you give me as much of a response as you want to these names I'm going to ask you, okay? Uh-huh. All right. Donald Duck Richardson. Richardson. The man that taught me how to play. That was my high school coach. Uh, fundamental, worked us to death, and that's where it all started for me. Kobe Bryant. One of the greatest to ever lace it up. One of the most competitive guys I've ever seen. And I had opportunity to spend time with him post-career. Had made a transition. And and I really love what he was starting to do post-career. Now, uh, before I go on the next three, I got to, you can solve this, okay? Because a lot of people, and Jerry West is one of those people that says, Kobe beat me up. You were at that practice, that day, that, that workout that we had with him. Did I or did I not hold my own, Nick? Come on, tell me. Hey, look, when you try to draft somebody, you had to back up. You couldn't go as hard as you could. Now you get a lot of draft pick. <laughs> you I held back. Nick, did I hold my arms? Say yes. <laughs> yes, you held up. Yeah, yeah. Even though I wasn't there for real. <laughs> uh, Nick, the next name. My own eyes. The next name, Sincere Carey. Sincere Carey uh, asked you to use your uniform because somebody had gotten killed and they wanted to wear your uniform. Was that college? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Sincere Carey? Okay. But if well, I did, I probably would have That's going to come. You, see, now you're showing that you're a senior citizen because that's going to totally, come on you later. Totally, hey, totally, totally. Short term memory. Well, that's long term. Gone. Dr. Bus. Uh, innovator. One of the most. Uh, innovative owners to step into the game, change the whole game, change uh, basketball into entertainment, was the, was the out in the forefront for making those things happen, was a great owner. Uh, Jerry West. Jerry West, one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, uh, you know, very intense, didn't enjoy coaching. I thought with a, a, a better executive than coach. Nick, um, probably the second most hardest thing I had to ever experience was being a Laker. Uh, the first one was Magic when he announced to the world that he had HIV, if he was HIV positive. The second one to me was when you got traded. And uh, that, that's something that still hurts hard, uh, real, real bad for me. Um, when that trade came about, how did you find out about the trade? Well, I knew I was going to get cr- traded when Jerry West hugged me and told me he'll never trade me. 
penetrate you. I said, I'm out of here. <laughs> but, but who told you? I mean, did, did they call you in the office? Or they call you on the phone? Riley, Riley told me, um, you know, I was at practice. He said, you know, they're trying to work out the deal with you, Norm. You know, don't come to practice, blah, blah, blah. You, you knew it was going to happen yeah. at that particular time. You know, so Riley just forewarned me to say, don't worry about coming to practice. I knew I was out of there. I just wish they had traded me to a good team so I can come into the form with Houston. <laughs> My next question, you go to the Clippers, you get traded to the Clippers, you know, organization that's up and coming, has some talent on that team. What were your expectations going there? Well, you know, look, we you had Bill Walden. We had some pretty good talent. You know, my expectation everywhere I go is to win and hopefully the organization that would help put a winning team together. But, you know, once you get there, you, you, there is a difference between winning organizations and losing organizations. And one of the biggest things is there's no consistency every year, nine different players, every year, different coach, you know, uh, anytime a great young player reaches the point to where he should get paid, traded him, player was traded away. So the organization kind of set the, uh, uh, set the plate for how this this team was going to be. So every year you go in, you think you'll have a good team. It just didn't happen. Just never happened. You're listening to Norm Nixon on the Showtime podcast with Coop. Nick, a couple of more questions, man. I know you're busy. You got to go. Ari, you had a question? Yeah. Were you you upset with Jerry West when he traded you? Was I upset? Yeah, of course I was upset, you know, but I think you reach a point where you say it's time to go, you know, and I think for all the things that had started happening to me, uh, um, just without talking too much, because a lot of the things that started happening to me, I thought it was time for me to go because I, I, I thought at that particular time, in particular with Jerry now, to coexist would have been very difficult because there were <laughs> accusations that weren't true and I thought came, you know, from the front office and, and you know, with those kind of things, it's like I thought it was time for me to go. Nick, you know, uh, well, I played 12 great years with the Lakers, Um but when I went overseas, because some things happened to me too, where I had to kind of like, it was that time to go or get traded or whatever, I chose to resign. When did you know it was time to hang them the sneakers up and when to let it go? Well, cool for me, you know, un- unlike you guys, you know, I got hurt. My 10th tenth, my tenth year, you know, I tore my quadricep tendon. You know, I came, that was a year injury. I came back the next year, I tore my Achilles. Then I came back my 12th year. And, you know, again, being with the Clippers, instead of them, taking advantage of, you know, my knowledge of the game or something, it was just a bad situation. So with that situation, it's like, you know what? I've had a great career. There was no such thing as free agency because if I could have uh, been a free agent, I probably gone somewhere else and got myself back together to come back to play. But being with the organization at that time, it was like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm out of here. It's not worth it for me to, uh, to be humiliated or to, uh, I had such a great uh, career I didn't want to end it on like it was already a negative uh, in, in a negative light I didn't want to make it even worse so it's like you know it's time for me to go and because I was coming off injuries I had already started transitioning out of the sport now I don't know how I would have felt like you guys who were just cold turkey one year it's like bam I can't play anymore so I had a chance by being injured it made the transition a little smoother for me are you happy in retirement absolutely absolutely Why? Oh right. man, wonderful kids, beautiful kids, beautiful grandkids, you know. And like you say, you knew when it was time to say your mind says yes, but that body says no. So you better get happy. <laughs> is is, your, is your son playing married you? to the, the beautiful Debbie Allen 
who just got an award. Norm, talk to us a little bit about that, about her. Uh, Debbie just was a uh, Kennedy Awards recipient. Um, wow. She went along with uh, Garth Brooks, Joan Baez, Dick Van Dyke, and Kamora, the great violinist. So it was such a great uh, group of honorees. And because wow. of COVID now, it was a, a, a very intimate kind of setting. So we had an opportunity to spend the time with a lot of other honorees and with the highlight being having an hour to go and spend with Biden in the White House and walk around with him and talk to him. Wow. It was, it was just, uh, it was great. I mean, it's coming on, uh, uh, the air date is June 6th. And your son is playing you in the new HBO Showtime series? Yeah, Showtime series. He's playing me. You know, I saw a little bit of it, but it's, it's difficult to watch. <laughs> <laughs> They say anything bad about me? They're probably gonna get all of us cooped. They're gonna have to. They're gonna take their artistic license to do. And I told man, just don't have us looking too stupid, man. We were, we were interesting, interesting team. And so for some reason, people think they can come replicate the basketball we played. I say you can't even get a pro team to replicate that. Do you think <laughs> actors can? It's not possible. You guys need to do. You know, set up one or two little plays and pretend you were doing some Showtime. You can't get out and play like we did. Nick, uh, uh, should I get an attorney to represent me, man? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I might be with you. Let's watch it together. We'll see what our next steps should be. Wait, but your son's like gave you any of the secrets? You, you got a guy on the inside here I to help you out. I don't want him to. <laughs> hey, last two questions for Norm Nixon. Nick, uh, the Lakers, they're in a dilemma. Okay, they lost to Phoenix. The Clippers are in a dilemma. They just, but they tied that series up. Uh, what are your thoughts about both of those teams? Well, I think the Clippers have a better opportunity to get out of it because I, I was shocked at how bad they were getting beat when they all first started. Did it seem like they they found their legs? They starting to play a little better now. I think Luca is a little hurt up, and you know these guys today don't put wood on them. I said they put a little wood on Luca. Then him start feeling like he's in the NBA instead of running around in the European league where you can't touch anybody. So I think they started doing that. And maybe these guys have caught their rhythm because they're not suffering from any injuries. With the Lakers, I think the injuries were devastating. I think father time, like you say, is touching LeBron a little bit. He can't carry it. Then with, uh, with Anthony, even if he comes back, you know, he was dealing with uh, some Achilles problems. Then he really hyperextended that leg. And when I watched that game, I said, he's not sore now, but the next day he's going to be sore. Then he heard his groin. All those things happen because, you know how it is, Coop, you compensate. Yeah. You compensate. Yep. So with the groin pool, man, you can't bounce back and just play off that thing. So the Lakers are in, in, a, in a much worse spot than the Clippers. Wow. My boy, Norm Nixon. Nick, last thing, what you got going? You want to, tell, want to pump anything up? Oh, we just talk about, you know, we building a new 24,000 square foot uh, dance academy that should become wow. that we want to turn into a, you know, a cultural, uh, educational as worth the performing arts hub, hub of the West Coast. We're the biggest uh, academy, I think, in the entire West Coast. And um, completing that uh, should be finished in November. So I invite all you guys out to a grand opening. Hopefully you love dance for us, Nick? Huh? You danced a little bit. Weren't you in Fame, the movie? Hey, man, I was in Fame, the television show. The television show, yeah. <laughs> so you going to dance? I Can't might dance? get out there and dance, too. You know, I got out there and sing. I might get out there and dance. Who knows? <laughs> well, however I feel that day, I might just do it. You know how we do? 
I might feel it one day I see y'all. I might just start it grooving like we did. <laughs> there you have it. The effervescent young. Uh, Norm Nixon, but old on the inside, but young on the outside. Or is it, uh, wait, old on the outside, young on the inside. Norm yeah, Nixon, yeah, yeah, Nick, yeah. thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you coming on, man. AT, that's it. My boy, Norm. All right. Thank you okay. guys for having me on. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Norm. All right. Okay, man. We'll talk. Take care. Man.